Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Bryn Lucas, and you're listening to the Autosport Podcast. The talk is over and the time for games has passed. The Formula 1 2024 season is now here. Bahrain qualifying concluded and who else could it be but Max Verstappen on pole position helped by a little slipstream from Oscar Piastri. However, with the top six separated by just 0.4 seconds, the grid is closely compacted. Perhaps it'll be a little closer this time round. Well, time will tell. But before we get to it, let's go through the grid for tomorrow. As already mentioned, this Max Verstappen who starts on pole position. That moves him up to the fifth and all-time list of poles with 33. The two Ferraris were thus sandwiching the Mercedes of Russell with Leclerc and Sainz starting second and fourth respectively. The second Red Bull in fifth, that's Perez. And closely behind him, the first Aston Martin, Fernando Alonso. Great qualifying for him. He starts six positions up the grid from his teammate. Then it comes the two McLarens in seventh and eighth. And Lewis Hamilton way back in ninth. Well outdone by his teammate Russell, who starts six places ahead. Then comes the Haas. Yes, that's right. You heard it. The Haas of Nico Hülkenberg in tenth. Working down the order, it's the RB of Sonoda in 11th, the second Aston Martin of Stroll in 12th, then the first Williams of Albon in 13th. Way back further, the two Saubers together in 16th and 17th there, just further back from Ricardo and Kevin Magnussen. Then it's the Williams of Sargent and the two Alpines making up 19th and 20th on the grid. Not a great day for them. Well, I'm Bryn Lucas and joining me is a man who lives just up the road from me. In fact, we should do this in my living room. It's Hayden Cobb. Welcome. I know. I'm, I'm still waiting for the invite officially, but if this is the, the invite, I'll come over tomorrow and do it. Well, I've tried to get through the grid and unsurprisingly, well, Max got the pole position. I say unsurprisingly, you know, I think everyone suspected it was going to be the case, but they were trying to curveball us, weren't they? It seemed earlier on, but it is very impressive. The single lap pace between the top five is 0.4 seconds, which is extremely close. And with the preseason doom and gloom seeming to be a little bit exaggerated, it's all down to Sunday normally, but Saturday for here and Saturday for next time out in Saudi Arabia, where the points will be won. Uh, what about Red Bull then? Did they make it harder for themselves, do you think, Hayden? Or do we have a race? What do you reckon is going on with the uh, the team? It's a very good question. And normally you think, oh, after the first qualifying, we've got some some clear answers. And look, we st the Red Bull in Verstappen's hands is still the class of the field. Uh, and yeah, he put in the lap when it counted in Q3 to get that sort of near quarter of a second advantage over Klerk. But it's worth pointing out that Leclerc's uh, Q2 lap, which he topped the session, uh, if he repeated that exact same lap time, he would have had pole position tonight. Um, so let's say that Ferrari in Bahrain on this track, when everything goes uh, to plan and, and, and their full potential is extracted, uh, can be a match for Red Bull. And, and to be honest, that was very much the case we saw at times uh, last year and going uh, longer and longer into the season, particularly when Red Bull switched off their development. Um, 
Ferrari were able to match them over the single lap uh, in qualifying. The big question, obviously, that we'll find out tomorrow is can they do it over a race distance? And that was sort of their main goal over the winter. And the main focus on testing was Ferrari to, to, to basically match Red Bull and surpass Red Bull's race pace which on paper it seems like they may still be a little bit behind, but at least putting Leclerc on the front row alongside Verstappen and in, in terms of one lap pace, near enough equal, uh, is a great start really for them considering everything that happened last season. That was a beautifully diplomatic answer just there because all the drivers, but I say all the drivers, Max spoke to the to media straight after on the TV, followed by uh, Leclerc and Russell who both said, look, Red Bull are way ahead. You know, that's what they've said on their on their race pace. We're not going to get anywhere near them. So they've already predicted that Max is just going to kind of walk away with this one. But Red Bull have done that. I've done what they've done so far. You know, the first Grand Prix in there, Max has got his 33rd pole position. And they've done that with a completely different design car from what they had last year. And it's just, a, it's a brilliant, brilliant performance from Adrian Newey, really. Oh, massively. And and you've got to, yeah, take huge credit to everyone what they've done over the winter, focusing on that car um, and putting the new concept to work. Um, much like sort of the pre-season, pre-season testing times hinted at, Perez is certainly, much like last year, a little bit of a step behind on Verstappen. Obviously, he qualified fifth today. And it's the same during testing, the same all this weekend so far. He just hasn't looked as on the pace as Verstappen um, went into the, the like-for-like situation like this. So, yeah, you, you could say that, hypothetically, if, if Sainz, who's obviously starting fourth ahead of Perez, can get in and amongst it at the front, they, they, Ferrari could give it a two-on-one against Red Bull, which gives them better, better strategy options to, to try and take the fight to them, even if they are saying, oh, no, Verstappen and Red Bull are, are miles ahead. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see this time tomorrow. We'll, we'll truly know what the situation is. I read that Max Verstappen his results alone last season could have won the Constructors' Championship without Perez involved at all. I mean, he outscored everybody by 166 points. I mean, that is just absolutely incredible, isn't it? And you look at the performance this time round, you look at Perez back there in fifth, and he's he's got this difficult season ahead of him. We know that because of the 2025 lineup. what's going to happen to Perez. And he would have wanted to kickstart this season, I think, with a, a slightly better grid position, although we think probably in the race he's going to come good. Yeah, definitely. Then that was, as we well know, that the biggest problem of Perez is uh, some particularly low points last year of, of qualifying either outside of Q3, a run of that, or, or in the, the lower reaches. And, and granted, fifth is halfway up the pack in the Q3 order, um, gives him a better chance. Now, ideally, obviously, seeing the pace that Verstappen was able to put together, he should be on the front row alongside Verstappen there. There's a big enough margin for them to to make it a one-two. That's what the team would be expecting. So, yeah, it's not been the night that Perez would have uh, hoped for or, or or expected from himself, really. But equally, they say there's there's always uh, opportunity in the race. So we'll get we'll give him at least another 24 hours before I, we can uh, condemn his uh, Red Bull future to dust. That's nice, isn't it? Just give him a stay of execution. But what about the two Ferrari then? Because they've moved on a little bit. We know what's happening for them in 2025. We know that science is going to be going somewhere probably in 2025. Who knows where it's going to be? But, you know, he would have wanted to do well. And I think he'll be satisfied with the fourth on the grid start alongside George Russell from Mercedes in third albeit that his teammate is slightly ahead of him. Yeah, it's a curious one for Ferrari and a bit sort of, again, like last year of, of the peaks and troughs because Sainz 
um, topped FP3, which granted is not too representative for this, but looked very strong in, in Q1, was ahead of, of Leclerc. And it, but then again, when it came to when it matters, just sort of slipped off behind. And he was only one, literally one-tenth of a second slower than Leclerc, which over the a lap of the Bahrain circuit is a tiny margin. But those are the margins that, that we're dealing with. And, and you can fit a whole George Russell and a Mercedes in that gap. And that's why they're second and fourth. Um, Leclerc has, like I said, apart from that, if he could have repeated his Q2 lap time in Q3, he probably is feeling that's as, as much as it was going to get. Um, and Fari, I think overall we'll see encouragement from, from this. It'll sort of suit where they are, but I still think they're, they're, there was a pole in it for Leclerc and uh, I think he will kick himself for that. He did say on the TV at the end of it that he was a bit disappointed, but it was a positive qualifying and uh, he then went on to say that, that Red Bull are ahead. <laughs> so, you know, you know, it's like, well, I could have started on pole. I'm disappointed, but probably Red Bull have got the race pace that we don't have. I know that Ferrari were also trying to, as you say, build on their race pace. What do you think they can realistically do? Is it that they are, they're in the box office seats really because they've got two cars between the two Red Bulls so they can actually, may, they can somehow maybe at least give Perez some problems and work together. Yeah, I, I think podiums for both Sainz and the clerk will be the, the aim for, for this weekend. Ferrari have always gone well in Bahrain um, in, in recent years anyway, so it's a, it's a circuit that has suited them in the past, regardless of changes of concepts or, or new cars. And generally their pace over testing and over uh, the practice um, yesterday and today has looked... Solid, obviously, as everyone has said, not not to the standards of Red Bull, but above or at least equal to Mercedes. So given their starting positions, if they have a clean first lap, yeah, the the podium needs to be the goal. And and I would say it's 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 achievable. The worry for everyone else will be what will be that gap between Verstappen, who we let's assume he wins in this scenario, and where Leclerc and Sainz finish. Uh if it's say a few seconds here or there or even if we get a decent race out of it then then good there's clear progress for Ferrari and I think they'll take that uh if it's double figures seconds 20 seconds half a minute we're yeah it's, it might not quite have a so much of a sweet taste on the podium well somebody that would be feeling very happy I imagine is George Russell because he's starting third on the grid yeah he's got two Ferraris around him but he's you know third on the grid for him he's done so much better than Lewis Hamilton who starts way back in ninth so I mean Lewis looked like he was struggling pretty much all the way through that he was nine tenths off in Q1 he was half a second down in Q2 and he's way back you know half a second down in Q3 as well so he's really struggled where Georgia seemed to be a bit more on it from from the off really yeah definitely and it's obviously difficult to know it at this point in time what may have gone down to that maybe a setup direction has gone slightly wrong or or maybe Russell was just feeling more, more comfortable in the car and that translates over from testing but yeah it's quite a a, a marked gap between the two and, and and as I say because it's so tight um between those front running teams it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter if it's a tenth or two there yeah you're managing to fit like th- six cars between the two of them in terms of qualifying pace so yeah Hamilton will have a lot of work to do really starting from from ninth for anything uh, remotely of what he would have wanted to to come out with on on the end of Saturday's race. Well, Russell had a squeaky time in Q2, actually, didn't he? He was very near the bump spot for a while and he managed to make it through. I think Hamilton had a, a weird 
there was a weird shot of all the sparks flying out of the car in Q1. So I don't know if there was a, a slight ride height issue. I don't know. It seems to be, I don't know. It's like I know what I'm talking about. But you, you know what I mean? I'm trying to diagnose it over the TV. But there was something, there was talk, wasn't there, of maybe there being a slight issue there and it was running very low. Yeah, that's right. It, they've certainly been the, the car that is running the lowest in Bahrain. And that was the same, again, for testing. Uh, and maybe, they again, a little bit like their previous concept, they're really trying to get it as as low to the ground as possible and try and see how, how they can maximize performance with this with this concept and maybe overstepping it a little bit before they find that comfortable sweet spot. Um, but I guess it's still worth saying that obviously, as you said, over the winter, Mercedes have, have changed that development direction, led on from the development changes they made over throughout the summer of 2023. Um, and at least, okay, Hamilton's qualifying position doesn't quite reflect that, but you would say with Russell third, right there with the Ferraris in that front pack. It's been a, a at least a decent uh, result so far, but uh, for all of them, still, still a race to go. So it could all mean very little. Well, let's move on to a, a team that I've just based very near you and I, in fact, and that's McLaren. And also let's talk about Aston Martin as well, because, well, the McLarens are one after the other, Norris in seventh and Piastri in eighth. Just ahead of them is Fernando Alonso in in sixth place and his teammate is some six places back in 12th so you know the the old one the old guy if we can call him that is he's on it isn't he he's sixth fastest in quality on this one here he's absolutely blitzing his teammate who's down in 12th but he's got the two mclarens right behind and you know that norris and piastri are going to be you know tinkers out there you know they're going to push him as much as they can what do you reckon alonso is looking at tomorrow and what about the two mclarens I think starting with Alonso, he'll certainly be looking to, as is his his tenacity, picking up those sort of places on the first lap. He's got Perez right ahead. I'm sure he'll be licking his lips at. But it, it does appear that, at least on paper so far, that the Aston Martin doesn't quite have that pace to match Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes. So if he, yeah, in terms of going forward, if he can keep hold of sixth place and potentially pick off one or two, that would be a very good result. But I think also as as the race progresses, his focus will be on, as you said, those behind him, Norris Piastri, Hamilton, um, that, are, that are directly behind him. And McLaren, it's, 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 it's another tricky start to the season for them. Testing, okay, it didn't go as badly as, as last couple of years has, at least starting-wise. But Bahrain has been a difficult track for them historically. Testing wasn't as smooth as it looked in the end. Norris has cut quite a downbeat figure. And again, after qualifying, sort of seventh and eighth probably for them wasn't quite what they were hoping for. Maybe it's in line with a bit more of expectations, given the pace that they've demonstrated at this track uh, all week. But they know that effectively, uh, it says it on on paper, they are the, the fifth fastest car out of 10 this weekend. And, and given the progress they were making last year, going on leaps and bounds, like... That's not where they were were wanting to be. So, yeah, I, I think maybe McLaren might have to sort of sort it up a little bit this weekend. Know that Bahrain is not a circuit that, that suits their their car and their package, uh, and hope for better things as the season progresses. What about a team that maybe surprised a few people, and that is Haas? I mean, new team principal there. Maybe it's not a surprise that they've done well when you look at how well Ferrari have done out here today as well. But Hulkenberg starting 10th on the grid and his teammate Magnussen back in 15th. So for them, many people would say, well, that's a, that's almost a, a, the best they could ever hope for, getting a car into Q3. 
That's right. And yeah, new team principal who's um, come in and, and, and basically said we expected to be the slowest car at the start of the year. So <laughs> McLaren style, bring the expectations down and, and maybe the surprise comes after that. What I will add on, and I know we'll talk about it later, is I don't think they would have anticipated Alpine and Sauber's difficulties to start this year in uttering that sentence. But if you take them out of the equation anyway, they're still ahead, at least on one lap pace, of RB uh, and of Williams. Um, But that's on one lap qualifying pace, which we know that the car has been decent at. And it uh, doesn't matter what sort of changes they've made over the winter, we, that was always going to be a prowess of it um, that they were going to keep. Their focus and their big test, as everybody knows, is the race pace tomorrow. And can Hulkenberg basically stay within the, the points, within the top 10? Uh, he's going to have a lot, a big challenge on that, like you say. Sonoda, Stroll, Albon, Ricardo, and his teammate Magnussen directly behind him. That is not going to be an easy ask, particularly the race pace that they showed last year with the with the problems they had with their car. So if it can look after those tyres and if it can sort of basically show a decent pace like they have in qualifying, maybe they can pinch a point in Bahrain. That would be a huge result, like massive, considering where that team expects to be going into this uh, going into this race. Uh, pessimist in me says, and looking at what basically what we've seen during testing is that's probably going to be quite a hard ask, particularly with like Stroll just behind him and uh, and the RBs looking pretty strong. But let's say certainly better than they would have expected um, when they started coming out with the quotes of will be the slowest car of the year. So what you're saying is it's likely Hulkenberg will move backwards, but because of the way that Sauber or Stake or Kick or whatever we're going to call them are doing and Alpine, because of the shocker they're having as well, it might mean that they finish somewhere respectable out the points but respectable from both that's i'm paraphrasing that's what i'm, I'm just no, doing yeah, i'm reading between your lines right that's 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 pretty much it yeah yeah and let's just finish on let's finish on a negative because i love finishing on negatives <laughs> and that is that is alpine and it's fall from grace's go this one seems to be quite spectacular with ocon and gasly making up the back row it's been it's been a shocker for them hasn't it really hugely and and I, I don't think even they would have expected to be this this bad. Now, the team, I said, that everything apart from the steering wheel has changed in that car from, from last year, which is obviously part, it brings its own risks if you're starting afresh uh, concept-wise. But they had this belief that we've got two more years of this current rule set, so use this package and really maximise it over the next two years. So therefore, this race will hopefully, in their minds, be the slowest they'll ever be. But still to be... Yeah, a second and a half over a qualifying lap off the outright pace and being 19th and 20th is yeah is dreadful by their standards. I mean, both out in Q1, which wasn't hugely uh, uh, unexpected given the pace they'd shown in testing and, and practice, but Ocon having to give a bit of a rally cry over the team radio uh, after Q1 at round one is a pretty accurate summation of, of the problems they're in right now of like, don't worry, I believe in you guys. There's a long way to go this season um, and keep pushing. I mean, he, he's right. There is a long way to go and they only need to take inspiration from places like McLaren um, and, and others or RB to see how quickly things can turn around. But it it seems that this change of car it has, so far has been a bit of a nightmare. It, it's, it seems very clear that it's overweight. It's not suited to the drive. It's, it's incredibly unstable and it 
yeah, it just hasn't delivered anywhere near their expectations or their targets that they set themselves over the winter. Um, so, yeah, pretty painful viewing for Alpine. I think going off the macro testing that they, they saw this coming, but even then in, in the cold light of day after qualifying, it's, it's, a, it's a painful one for them to take. Um, and I do feel a bit sorry for, for them because they've taken a risk. They've gone for the change. And it, it, so far, not even started race one in 2024, but it hasn't worked. So, yeah, there's a long, long way to go for them. But I'm going to quiz you here. What song will they be playing on repeat all through the night? I have a good question. I have no idea. Yaz, the only way is up. Well, I like the optimism. <laughs> there yeah, you go. Yeah. She sang all about it and it seems to be suited perfectly to Alpine at the moment. Um, so before we finish this one, before we wrap it up very quickly, who do you think, which team do you think will be the most satisfied with their qualifying work in Bahrain? Well, good question. Um, I mean, of course, the easy answer I'd say would be Red Bull being on pole position, but I, I think that was sort of their yeah, their target and that. I would I would say Hulkenberg with the Haas would still be delighted. I know I, I know we've seen that Hulkenberg and the Haas have, have qualified and made Q three on numerous times last year, but given the way everyone stepped up, given what they focused on, to still see him knock out an Aston Martin and the RBs to make Q three uh, is a tremendous result. Um, Granted, it all might go to waste if 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 it goes backwards in the race. But yeah, Red Bull Haas will be happy. I think Ferrari will be satisfied enough being second and fourth. Um, the rest, they're largely probably where they expected. It doesn't help, as we know, that they've been at this track for about, well, over a week now. Done hundreds of laps. There weren't too many surprises performed, so... Yeah, maybe if you ask me that question for Saudi next week, might get a different answer, I think. I'm going to make a note of that, and that's the question I'm going to be bringing out at the end. Look, Hayden, thank you very much indeed. The top six were covered off by 0.4 seconds, about under 0.4 seconds, so it was unbelievably competitive in quality. Let's hope the race is just as competitive have to wait and see won't we is it going to be a great one well we shall find out tomorrow thanks very much for listening to this podcast don't forget to tune into the others we're going to bring you all the coverage from the race the reaction to the race anyway tomorrow what will happen at Bahrain we'll have to wait and see thanks for listening Sports Social Podcast Network